0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> 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 <mumbles> <sweetness> Pierce. Here is it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my me? <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, and welcome to episode 135, episode 135 of the Banner Banter Podcast, I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G, how's everyone doing, hope you had a great weekend, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18, or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Podcast, and as you know, I'm part of the wonderful, super duper, big night media team with some fantastic podcasts like Boston Uncommon, with Joe Maz, the Marky P Show, those girls you know, let's be clear with Kayla, drinks after work, eat the damn cake, I'm the promoter, here. He's the DJ. It's always something with JD. Music You're Missing, 30 Flirty and Surviving. And of course, Big Night Breaks. Go check out their new card store, The Card Vault, down at Patriot Place. And a few more locations of The Card Vault will be opening up soon. And don't forget, you can go to bignightshop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab. Go get yourself some banner, banter, podcast merchandise. Support the brand. Really appreciate it. So, we have a lot to talk about this week. We obviously have two preseason games to recap, and then the Celtics are also playing two more games this week as well against the Magic and the Heat. And then next thing you know, we'll have the regular season, which is absolutely crazy. Next week, the podcast will be coming out on Tuesday instead of Monday. I am going to be attending two different weddings as a groomsman in two different states in back-to-back days so if the podcast is now is not out on Wednesday of next week I am dead Uh, so congratulations early to my buddy Big T and my buddy Carl on getting married Uh, if you guys are listening which you usually do congratulations looking forward to being your groomsmen this upcoming weekend all right now that all the sappy stuff's over uh, let's talk about what's going on first off Jalen Brown has tested positive for COVID-19 Jalen is vaccinated so I wish him well in his recovery hopefully it's not too bad there are reports out saying that he is asymptomatic which is obviously you know great to hear obviously you don't want any Anyone to get COVID, but uh, yeah, just good to know that Jalen's going to be good, and Ime Udoka said that he will miss the rest of the preseason, and he should be back for Game 1, which is literally less than 10 days away, which is absolutely crazy that the season will officially, officially be here. The other big news that had to do with the Boston Celtics last week uh, after the podcast came out was recently 18 former NBA players were charged in an alleged scheme to scam the NBA's league health care out of four. $400. i am sorry, even though that does sound crazy. It's out of $4 million. So these guys basically lied to the NBA about the type of health care that they needed and scammed the league out of $4 million. And there are a handful of former Celtics players on the list, which is a little horrifying. The first is Terrence Williams. He was a guard for the Celtics. He was number 55 back in 2013. He was kind of like the ringleader of all of this. And then you have... Tony Allen, which is surprising because Tony Allen's the man. I mean, he's getting his number retired uh, with the Grizzlies. One of the best, uh, one of the, I don't want to say one of the best Celtics players of all time. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever said in my entire life. So I apologize to Larry Bird and basically everyone else who's better than Tony Allen. Uh, but one of the more memorable players, one of the bigger fan favorites. Everyone loved Tony Allen. He loved playing defense. He had one of the ugliest jump shots the side of the Mississippi. And then Big Baby Glenn Davis, no surprise there. Ever since Glenn Davis has left the league, his life has been in complete shambles. Milt Palacio, I think I said that right, Milt Palacio. I don't know if you remember this from way back in the day for all those diehard Banner Banter Podcast fans, but I actually used to do a thing called Banner Banter Investigations where I would basically... Try and find out what's going on with former Celtics players. And I actually did one about Milt Palacio, which I think that was like episode 10 or 11. So it was many, 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 many moons ago. But clearly, I must have missed out on the part where he scammed the league out of a bunch of money. And then Sebastian Telfair, number 30, point guard, one of the most hyped high school basketball players of all time. The Celtics picked him up. He wasn't that great. But it's kind of funny that all of these guys used to be coached by Doc Rivers. Uh, I don't think Terrence Williams was. I think um, that might have been his last year. Either way, all of these guys were coached by Doc Rivers at some point. And, you know, what happened to Ubuntu? You know, like, come on. What the heck, Doc? But that's just a crazy story. It's like they're, they're going to be federally charged, which is just bananas. Absolutely bananas. And what else do we have to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the NBA's 75th year. So you're going to see a lot of 75-year anniversaries. There's only a few teams in the NBA that have been around for all 75. The Boston Celtics being one of them. You're going to see a lot of cool things taking place at the Garden this year. Some theme nights, all that cool stuff. And the, obviously, the Celtics are one of the most, if not the most, storied franchise in NBA history. So this is going to be a really cool year. And if you remember 25 years ago, they had a uh, at All-Star Weekend, everyone got these really cool leather jackets, like these like varsity jackets, if you were voted as the top 50 player in NBA history. Now, obviously, they're probably going to do the top 75 players, Players in NBA history obviously some of those players are no longer with us so rest in peace but I just need to say something if there's not at least six or seven Celtics players on your list I'm not going to look at it and I'm not even being biased I'm just being realistic because every single list should have Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Bob Cousy, John Havlicek, Kevin McHale, Robert Parish, Dave Cowens, and Paul Pierce. Those guys should be on every single person's list. And then you think of former Celtics too. Dominique Wilkins, Shaq, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett. The list goes on and on. But if Russell, Bird, Kuzi, Havlicek, Mikhail, Robert Parrish, Dave Cowens, and Paul Pierce isn't on the list, it's a crap list. An absolute crap list. And you can hold me to that. That's a stinky, stinky, poopy list. That's not even English, but whatever. All right, let's recap the two preseason games. The headline of the the first two preseason games should be, is Romeo Langford finally going to shut up Timmy G? And to be honest with you the way he played these first two preseason games, there is an opportunity for him to shut me up. Now, will I still not be a fan of him? Absolutely, because I never thought the Celtics should have drafted him. That's nothing against Romeo Langford as a human being. It's just, that's just the way it is, you know? Uh, Romeo Langford hit the game-winning three-pointer against the Magic on Monday night. The Celtics had a crazy comeback, and he's wide open with like 15 seconds left, and that ugly jump shot, it, it, it went in, and good for him, and then, The other night, uh, on Saturday night against the Raptors, Jalen Brown obviously tested positive for COVID a couple days before that game and he started for him and he went 3 of 4 from 3 point land. So congratulations, Romeo. So, does Romeo Lankford's shot look better? Yes. Good for him. Congratulations. I want to be wrong about Romeo. I've said that from day one because if I'm wrong about Romeo Langford. That's a good thing for the Celtics, and I care more about the Celtics than how bad Romeo Langford actually is. So if Romeo Langford can shut me up and Banner 18 comes down because of it, I'll buy a Romeo Langford jersey. Seriously, I will. I'll I'll say that right now on the podcast. If the Celtics win Banner 18 and Romeo Langford contributes at least let's say 15 minutes a night, I will buy a Romeo Langford jersey. Seriously, I will. Write it down. Someone record it. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Because to be honest with you, those looks that he got the other night, he won't be getting those type of looks if Jalen Brown is healthy. He's not going to be starting. And he's got a couple guys behind him too. Now, obviously you can be like, well, you can't say a couple guys are behind him because he obviously started over those guys. Okay, fine. But can this kid stay healthy? Can he get into a good rhythm with limited looks, limited minutes, and limited shots coming his way? He has proved everything to me and probably others that he cannot stay healthy. So I am not going to get overhype over Romeo Langford. If we want to be the classic Celtics fan that's just like, oh yeah, everything's awesome, like nothing can be wrong. Romeo Langford's fantastic. Grant Williams is super duper. Blah 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 blah. Listen, it's okay to be a real, a little realistic, and say, can Romeo Langford make those shots when Jason Tatum? doesn't have seven people looking at him on the floor. And five of those are literally the other team because all eyes are on him. And Jason Tatum did a great job passing the ball the other night against the Raptors, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But can he stay healthy? Listen, I hope he can, but everything tells me that he won't. And same thing with Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder was out on Saturday night with a knee contusion. Ime Uduka said it wasn't that big of a deal. So that also made pushback Romeo minutes too. Because Dennis Schroeder and Romeo can kind of play the same position a little bit. Obviously, Romeo's a little bit bigger. He can probably defend bigger guys, blah, 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 blah. But if you're Ime, who are you going to put in? Are you going to put in Dennis Schroeder in clutch minutes, a guy who's been there plenty of times before? You're going to put in Romeo Langford, a guy who, you know, is improving. Congratulations again on improving. But you want a guy that you can trust. And right now, you cannot trust Romeo Langford. Now, speaking of other people I don't like, number 12. Number 12 did a lot of good things off the ball on the offensive side of things for these last couple of games. Set some good screens, he rolled well, had some nice backdoor cuts. He looks a little bit lighter, a little fitter, a little bit more athletic. He actually dumped the ball. Usually he couldn't even reach the rim, I felt like, at some points last year, and that could have been the rookie wall and he, clearly he's learning from al horford which is obviously a great great thing to learn from it, it's not a shot at Trisha thompson or daniel tice but you just don't see them as teachers in the locker room and that's what makes al horford so great on not only on the floor but off the floor as well and here's the thing with number 12 number 12 um can still do some really 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 stupid things And it really aggravates me. So it's like, I watched Grant Williams for one... uh, Yeah, Grant Williams, I said his name. I've been trying to do so well saying number 12 the whole time, but whatever. Everyone knows Grant Williams is number 12, and I try not to say his name. But anyways, here's the thing. I watched him a couple of possessions because I was at the Garden on Saturday night, and I was happy that Grant Williams looked like a basketball player. He looked like he knew what he was doing out there. And then the second he did something good... He followed it up with something so piss poor, you forgot about the good. So hopefully he can improve. Um, some of the other things that uh, I wanted to talk about from the Magic game. Oh yeah, because the, the Magic game was the first preseason game at the Garden. That was uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, whatever day you like better. Um, and right off the bat, the Celtics looked all out of sorts. I mean, it was it was good but in like a really weird way. I think they were all excited to start fresh, get going, probably not practice with each other. Josh Richardson said the other day that the practices remind him of how physical and uh, the the level of intensity was so high just like it used to be when he was playing for Eric Spolster down in Miami, and that's obviously what you like to hear. Jalen Brown looked like he didn't skip a beat. like He didn't look like he was even hurt. That's how good he looked. He dropped 16 out of his 21 points in the first quarter. He carried the Celtics, hitting shots, getting to his spots, getting to where he wanted to go, and you just love to see that. The, the Celtics maybe didn't look that great overall. I think the Time Lord had some hard time on switches, and I think, you know, maybe that was because Hernan Gomez started, um, but I don't think Hernan Gomez is going to be starting anytime soon again. Uh, he obviously looked pretty good against the Raptors the other night. Uh, again, pretty good in the preseason, isn't saying a lot, but you know, hey, he contributed, and he looked pretty good. Um, I think may trust how it how athletic some of the certain groups are that he's putting out on the floor so we are going to be seeing a lot of switches on the defensive end unlike you know brad's system where sometimes you switch and other times you got to stay put and i think ime is really trying to force the guys to basically say hey you're going to switch on a lot of those things which is great And Ime also said the other day that he doesn't want any of his guys complaining about foul calls. And you're like, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, because if Jason Tatum complains about one more call, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. And then Jason Tatum got a technical in the game on Saturday for complaining about calls. But you'll see a lot of chat from Marcus Smart and others. Like, these are one of the—like, with Ime's defensive scheme— yeah. As much as I love my seats, last row balcony, I'll never leave. There are going to be some times where I wish I could actually be on the floor and hear how much chatter is actually going on from Ime with Marcus, Josh Fritzeson, Jalen, Al Horford, the whole nine, like really getting the in-depth perspective of the type of defensive scheme that Ime is bringing that way. Uh, some of the other things from the Magic game, trying to think, uh, you know, the young guys, they they helped the Celtics come back and win that basketball game. Romeo didn't come off the bench until the fourth quarter. Uh, Neesmith, let's talk about Aaron Nismith. That kid is ready to play, and you can see he has already approved a, a great deal. You know, you saw that in the Summer League, which is what you wanted to see. He it was just a weird situation for Aaron Neesmith last year, and I know a lot of people were really pissed off at Brad Stevens for not playing him earlier, but he just wasn't ready. And now he looks ready. You know, he's got a full summer league. He didn't have summer league last year. He's got a full training camp. He didn't have a training camp last year. The kid's ready to play. He's focused. He knows what he has to work on, and he's been doing a great job. He scored eight points in that fourth-quarter comeback, and you love to see that. And Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, I mean, he's been shooting the ball well still he shot the ball very well obviously in the las vegas summer league and he's still shooting the ball well which you'd love to see and i think ime is really going to try and get him to come off of screens more you know come off of screens and shoot the ball right away and i think that's going to be an improvement that we're going to see from Peyton this year you saw it a couple times in the raptors game which i really enjoyed, and it showed the depth of this team last year you know minus the defense and maybe the lack of care that they had towards brad stevens you could say that the depth was another huge issue, and this year it looks like the team has depth, and that's what you know. Brad Stevens did as a general, manage, a general manager this year, which was great. Um, what else? What else? I need to stop saying um, because that's not a very good podcaster, but at the same time I don't care because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. Uh, game two uh, against the Raptors. Oh, Scotty Barnes, the fourth overall pick, kid from Florida State, started uh, in place of Pascal Siakam because Pascal Siakam didn't play in this Raptors game. Um, that kid can play. Wow. Yeah, like I didn't even think about Pascal Siakam. He he defended Jason Tatum well. He's super bouncy. He's dumb athletic. He loves to cut to the rim. You know, maybe not the best shooter in the world, but I mean, like I said last week on episode one thirty four, do not sleep on this Toronto Raptors team. Do not. I mean, Boucher didn't play the other night. Uh, Pascal Siakam didn't play the other night. This team's going to be good. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but this team is going to be annoying for some teams for sure. Um, one of the things that was, I said, um, again, what the hell, Tim? Uh, the other thing that I was really worried about game one, and I was hoping was just a little fluke, but it wasn't, was the turnovers. There were so many turnovers. Uh, they had a total of 44 turnovers in two games. That's not going to cut it, especially with how good the East is this year, you know, with the 76ers, whether they have Ben Simmons or not, the 76ers are going to be good. The Bucks, the Knicks, uh, the Heat, the Hawks, uh so many different teams so that can't happen but speaking about passing the ball jason tatum almost had a triple double in game two against the raptors seven assists total and that's something that i've been begging for him to improve on you know we also had you know the jalen brown dance party because we love when jalen brown gets more than five assists so seeing jason tatum being able to pass out of traps and pass out of double teams and find the open shooter instead of maybe throwing up a ridiculous shot and maybe not getting a foul call that he'll probably complain about later. You love to see him finding the open guys, but at the same time, you don't want him passing the ball up too much either. You want to make sure Jason Tatum gets to the rim. You want to make sure he gets to the free throw line because he is a good free throw shooter. I loved, kind of, I know I talked about it on episode 134 last week. I didn't want to see the double big lineup just because I had nightmares of Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tyson. I know Al Horford and the Time Lord are not the same, but it actually surprisingly went well. I think Al likes to start. Uh, Al was able to get into his classic top-of-the-key three-point spot. He was four for four from three, and then Imei tried Al, Al Horford and his uh, Kanter together, and yeah, that, that that can't be a thing. Nope, nope. But Al can help spread the floor. Rob can do pick and rolls. I mean, Rob could probably do a pick and roll with Al Horford. Al Horford will find the open guy. Al Horford's a good passer. I think the Time Lord learned a few things uh, while Al Horford was here, you know, during his rookie year or his first year or whatever year it was where Al Horford was still around. He definitely learned some things, because Time Lord's a good passer. So, that that I love to see. I, I was nervous about it, and I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, and it actually worked out well. Now, are we going to see it continuously? Who knows? But I do think Al likes to start. And who knows? Maybe Rob likes to come off the bench, but I think we realized last year that Jalen and Jason and Marcus play really well with, uh, with the Time Lord, and the Time Lord should start. He's a good five, for sure. So... Two preseason games this week. The final two preseason games, and then the regular season starts. Obviously, Jalen Brown's not going to be around with COVID. Uh, the first one's going to be uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., down in Orlando, and then Friday at 6.30 p.m. versus the Heat. Both matchups, like I said, are in Florida, Orlando, Miami. Uh, and then Ime said that, uh, the uh, when did he say? Yeah, Saturday night after the Raptors game, that the game on Friday night against the Miami Heat at 6.30 p.m. is going to be the closest thing to what we will see the roster actually look like, the rotations, the starting lineup, all that stuff. So that's going to be exciting to watch. Which brings me to my next topic. Which of those f- final bench spots and key roti- uh, key rotation pieces are all going to come together? Who's going to get those spots? So you think about it. Jalen, Jason, Al, Time Lord, Marcus, Dennis, Josh, Ennis, Aaron, Peyton, Romeo, number 12, and Hernan Gomez, those are 13 spots. And I know I talked about this a little bit last week, but seeing a couple preseason games, Jabari Parker needs a spot on this team. Yes, I know he sucks on defense, but that dude can score the basketball. He has no problem taking the basketball and going to the hoop and getting fouled and trying to make something. He needs to be the 14th guy or the 15th guy. I don't care. He needs to be on the basketball team. We haven't seen any of Matthews yet, which I think is so weird since he got a good chunk of minutes last year with the Wizards. He can shoot the ball very well, but maybe they're just so happy with the way that Peyton Pritchard shooting the ball that they don't even care about it. You know, So that's something to, to keep an eye on for sure. Morgan, we haven't really seen him. Pinson, don't care about him. They're not going to make it. And I, I, I think Bruno Fernandez gets the final spot. I, I really do. I, I think Bruno can get that final spot. Because if Horford goes down, or Cantor goes down, or Time Lord goes down, you're going to need another center, and I think Bruno can play that role. Now, is he going to be great at it? No, of course not. But I I think he can pull it off, and I think having another veteran guy there who's been around the block a little bit, and you know, if someone gets hurt, they can bring someone down from Maine, whatever the case may be. Now, as far as the rotations go, I think it should be Jalen, Jason, Marcus, Rob, and Al. That's how impressed I was. I didn't want to see the double big. I kind of wanted Al Horford to come off, but Al Horford literally looks like he's 25 years old. Seriously, whatever time he got off in in OKC from like February on, he looks young, he looks healthy, he looks ready to go. So if that's going to happen, let's roll with it. And then you can go Schroeder and Richardson and Payton and Hernan Gomez and Neesmith. But if you do all five of those guys, that's going 10 deep. Do you want to go 10 deep? Because you're not going to go 10 deep in the playoffs. You know, you only go eight or nine guys deep in the playoffs, but at the same time, you want to make sure Jalen and Jason don't don't get too run down too. So is, Nees- is Neesmith gonna get more minutes than <clears throat> Romeo Lankford? Who knows? Is number 12 gonna get more minutes than Hernan Gomez? Who knows? That's going to be very, very interesting. But the things that I'm looking for in these two games is the ball movement. It has to continue. The Celtics have done a great job with that so far. They had 28 or 29 assists in that game against the Raptors on Saturday night. But at the same time, I also don't want too much ball movement because then you start overthinking and then dub things happen and the next thing you know there's only two seconds left on the shot clock and you're taking a terrible shot. I want to see the deep improve as well. Now, obviously, they held the Raptors to 34% from three, which was obviously nice to see. The system has to improve. The guys have to get more comfortable because obviously, you know, practicing against each other every single day, I'm sure the defense looks great. But let's try and get a different offensive system in there and see how you can react to it. The system has improved, I think, every single game. And I think Ime has a good system in place. So that'll be very, very interesting. And then the other thing is, I think the Celtics are in a good spot right now. They're getting better and better every single day, but the question is, can they stay healthy? And I really hope that they can. Who knows if they can? Who knows if they can't? But if this team can stay healthy, you're going to see an improvement. For sure. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. All that stuff. And then finally, can Romeo, can Neesmith, And can number 12 continue to be reliable? Can they get their confidence going? Especially in that Friday night game against the Miami Heat, a very good basketball team, coached by Eric Spolstra, a very good coach, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, uh, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, good, good players. Can they perform against those good players? The Heat have a very deep bench too. So I'd really like to see those three guys contribute and play well and stay healthy, and we'll really see if there's been any growth. Now, I'm not saying preseason game number four is do or die or anything, but if those guys want to get minutes and want to continue this good little confidence and rhythm thing that they got going, that game against the Heat, I think, is going to show Imei Adoka a lot about those three guys for sure. So, uh, that's it. Short and sweet. Uh, obviously, going to keep it short and sweet, you know, just like the preseason games are, and then in a couple weeks, we'll get crazy. Just a reminder... Next week, the podcast will be out on Tuesday instead of Monday. Thank you so much for listening as always. I really appreciate all your support. Congratulations to the Patriots for winning yesterday. Congratulations to Christian Vasquez for that sick fucking walk-off home run down at Fenway. Now the Red Sox are up two games to one against the Rays. Marathon Monday is today. If you're listening on Monday, best of luck to all the runners. Love Marathon Monday. One of my favorite days in the city every single year, even though it's in October this year because of the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. blah. But uh, yeah, that's it for episode uh, 135 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Don't forget to follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Thanks for all your support as always, and we'll talk to you real soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.